Dateline, 26th of July, 2020. Well, g'day folks and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 614. And you know what, this would be a record for us, Grant, because it's only been seven episodes since the last Ausdesk, so that's uh, that's not too bad, is it? I think we're doing pretty damn well, mate. You know, we're actually getting off our butts and doing things. You'd think we just didn't have too much work at the moment. Well, I think we're on our butts because, you know, here in uh, in Melbourne, the capital of Victoria, well, we can't go anywhere else. <laughs> Yes, the infectious state. We're locked down. No one wants to know us. And even here in Melbourne, we can't even get outside of Melbourne. But that still gives us a little bit of place to go to. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, at least our podcast production uh, rate has been up. So, well, anyway, we'll talk about the COVID situation at the end of the segment. But, uh, Grant, did you see somebody got up in the sky the other day just off the east coast of our uh, great nation here and uh, drew something in the sky? Oh, not another bloody phallic object showing up on Flight Radar 24. Don't tell me the Yanks were here doing something with a Super Hornet again. <laughs> No, no, not this time. No, no, it was in fact the final uh, Qantas 747 uh, flight as it uh, headed out off across the Pacific and off into storage. Uh, yeah, the uh, the flight crew there, it had been kept under wraps for uh, quite some time and a huge amount of planning has obviously gone into this, but they sort of headed off out to the east and then jagged back to the northwest and drew an image in the sky with their flight track of a uh, Qantas flying kangaroo. It was very, very cool. That's right, mate. 63,000 square kilometres it covered, which is about 24,000 square miles. It was 274 kilometres wide, east to west, and 250 kilometres high from north to south and took about 90 minutes to draw. And I can assure you, despite what's going around on the internet, they never exceeded 25 degrees of bank angle. There was a lot of planning and a lot of secrecy and a lot of simulator sessions went into this. And uh, it was very much based on the environmental conditions at the time. So there was a chance they wouldn't have been able to do it, but the stars aligned and they drew it. i got to admit, when it, when it first started popping up on the news feeds here, I thought, is that for real? But uh, no. And in fact, I think I <laughs> sent a screenshot to you with, with exactly that question, didn't I, mate? But, uh, yes, you did. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, very, very cool. So, uh, you know, well done to uh, all of the people that were involved in that. Uh, one of those people, we're not sure if we can mention his name on this podcast, so we won't, but a, a good friend of ours was actually on that flight crew. So well done, mate. And that was how I knew as soon as you sent it through that it was real because uh, I'd been given a little heads up to watch the track. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. It's really the end of an era for Qantas. Uh, now, it's no surprise to anyone who follows this sort of stuff that the 747 fleet uh, was uh, being drawn down from Qantas. They actually announced that uh, a couple of years back. And we knew that uh, 2020 was going to be the end of that era. Obviously, the COVID situation, uh, most of Qantas's aircraft are uh, surplus at the moment, so that's been brought forward a little bit. But yeah, they've been operating 747s since uh, 1971 uh, of various different types. And uh, this actually, this last one the, that they've retired was the last one they ordered, and that came back in 2003. It was delivered, so it was quite an old airframe. It's done a, a lot, a lot of work. This was the 57th 747 that had served with Qantas and uh, one of the uh, pilots on there was Captain Sherelle Quinn. Here's what she had to say on Nine News. There was a lot of this is the last time Will and um, I'll let you do this and because everybody's the last time really of doing everything. Checklists, taking off, landing and we just shared it amongst ourselves and the last shutdown, everybody had a turn at shutting down each engine. <laughs> you know, the, the other interesting stat about uh, OEJ and its sisters, the last six uh, to be retired, Grant, is that uh, they were a 747-400ER, and when Boeing actually bought that spec out, Qantas was the only uh, airline that ended up taking the ER in a passenger version. There was only six ever made, and Qantas had them all, so this was the last of them. It's a shame to see her go. 
But, you know, end of an era, there'll still be some 747s flying around the place. And as David has mentioned before, the uh, next Air Force One will be a 747-8i. So the Queen will continue flying for some time yet, just not in Qantas colours. Grant, the other thing uh, when it comes to uh, their very large aircraft is they've also sent all of their A380s off for storage. Now, they've got 12 and they're saying three years, and there's a lot of talk around about a lot, you know, conjecture as to whether at the end of those three years, whether Qantas will elect to bring those A380s back into service. I'm not so sure they will. Yeah, it depends. Um, depends on how many slot uh, restricted airports you're going to with how many people. But I'll tell you what, right now, mate, uh, many airliners coming into Australia, including A380s, are restricted to 30 passengers per flight because we've got. Uh, closed borders. When you come back into the country, you've got to go into quarantine. And nowadays, you're paying for it. So you've got to pay 3000 Australian dollars for your 14 days quarantine in a hotel. And uh, what's happening is they're uh, restricting the number of people coming in so that they can keep a cap and not overload those quarantine services. So I'm hearing stories of economy class seats going for three to $5,000 one way to Australia, because they just can't bring in the volume of people to make it worthwhile to fly but they still need to fly. And that's why Qantas has just shut down. They've left it to others to look after. Yes, well, that's very sad. Let's look at the other end of the scale, Grant. Speaking of things that are shutting down and uh, in general aviation here, also another sector that's uh, feeling the pinch right now, uh, Melbourne's largest general aviation airport, which is Moorabbin Airport, which uh, a lot of people have learnt to fly at, including myself. Eviction notices have been sent to several of their operators in order that the land is now to be made uh, available for commercial development you know what that means that means nothing to do with aviation and uh, that's been a fight that's been going on a long time at Moorabbin but uh, it would appear the operators have lost it's um, it's quite quite a worry it definitely is mate it's this was in their 2015 master plan um, Moorabbin Airport Corporation they uh, published it in 2015 Um, there was a lot of complaints and issues drawn up but the government didn't jump on it at the time didn't complain Uh, we've had a lot of commercial development in areas that used to be just part of the airport and now you're actually getting uh, burbles and uh, turbulence over landing thresholds depending on the way the winds are going because so many of these buildings are built up in the area. If you have an engine failure on takeoff heading off to the south, yeah, good luck. You know, the thing here is that a number of the companies that have been given these eviction notices, they own their hangars. They built the hangars in good faith on those areas. And now when they've got at a time when they've got no income or very little income, they're being told, pull down your hangars, relocate them somewhere else. And they're not really being given a, another place on the airport to go. There was uh, some uh, indication that they were being sent to an area which, if they had have built there, would cause even more turbulence over runways and, and destabilise air- airborne operations there. So, you know, this is just, I'm going to be very blunt. I'm going to call it crap. I could call it a lot more, but I know I'd get bleeped. And um, yeah, I'm over this kind of thing because what's going to happen is over time they're going to progressively chop out the um, aviation work. Then they're going to be like, oh, look, aviation's just not bringing the money. No one's flying here anymore. We might as well just close the whole thing out and turn it into lucrative money-making stuff, which is what they all want. Yep, it's uh, it's just wrong. And I know this goes on all around the world, but uh, we'll put a, a uh, link in the show notes here to a great article uh, in australianflying.com.au and uh, 
You know, this this sort of stuff's going on all around the world, and we know that our friends in the US are very good at lobbying. So uh, you want to look at what's going on here, guys, and make sure it doesn't happen at your local. Yeah, airport. because we've got user fees, and we've seen what's happened with that. And you guys definitely need to fight that in the US and anywhere else you can. But uh, yeah, Goodman Logistics are the owners of Moorabbin Airport Corporation, and they just don't care about flying; they just care about money. And it's time that uh, I think we try and lobby our local governments and our federal governments and say, enough, this is just ridiculous. And I'm sure there's going to be a number of aviation groups starting it. But, you know, if you get out there and you write a letter, all you got to do is write an email and put two or three ministers into it and work it, not just send it to the three of them, but work it such that they, the three have to work together to provide an answer. Because then it, you don't get some intern sending off a mimeographed response. They actually have to think about it. It goes to a senior person in their staff who gets naffed off with all these kind of things because now they actually have to do some work. They can't just send back, you know, thanks for writing kind of stuff. So that's what I'm going to do. Yes, I think I'll do the same. Okay, now, Grant, just before we finish up uh, the COVID-19 situation, since uh, I'm sure people will be wondering how it's going over here in Australia, well, there's the rest of Australia and then there's here in Victoria and within Victoria there's Melbourne so Melbourne's a little bit like East Berlin in the <laughs> 70s right now we're all trapped here all the freeways are blocked off by the police and we can't get out but no the numbers have really spiked here in Victoria I would has I would hesitate to say nothing like they seem to be spiking in the US but we don't have that sort of population over there either but uh, yeah uh, it's, just, it's a little depressing mate I just wonder when we're ever going to get out of this um, it's going to take a vaccine. It really is. Um, our federal government uh, doing some of their forward-looking estimates and so on are starting to say, oh, from January 1 to June 30th, which is the last half of our financial year that we're now in, uh, yeah, we're going to probably opening the borders, but people will still have to do that two-week quarantine at their own expense. But that'll start bringing in some money. And I'm thinking, hang on, which virus is it that obeys the calendar? You know, it's until we've got a vaccine, we're going to be like this. And the more you relax and open up and people think, oh, this is cool, it's all gone, the more it's going to come back and hit. Yeah, I have to go into the city because, uh, well, in my day job, it's classed as essential work. But uh, Melbourne at the moment, which is a, you know, it, it really is, a, I mean, I'm biased because I live here, but it is a beautiful city. But right now, it's just an empty a soulless place. It's uh, it's a bit sad, but uh, anyway, on the bright side, Grant, at least uh, it gives us more time to make more Rosdesks. So we we may actually put a few more out this year. Sorry about that, Max. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, Don't, never say never. We could be bringing back some Rosdesks for you a bit more regularly. We'll see what the world brings. But for now, I'm going to go off and watch the Resident Evil series, the Evil Dead series, and various other oh, movies of okay. World War Z. Yeah, um, they are. Was it 28 days? Yeah, I think all those ones it's time to watch. As you can see, folks, in all of these years, nothing has changed with me, Karen. <laughs> the universal constant of insanity. Thank you so much. Until next time, folks, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm not Steve Vischer. I'm the crazy Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.